Yo, what it is, what it is, it's your boy Keem. It's June 5th. It is game three of the NBA Finals. We're at the midway point of the year with the music and hip-hop. And also, we're going to touch on one of the most upset, upsetting, one of, the, one of the world's, like, probably the number one upsetting box, boxing at this point. Um, Andy really shocked the world, and he beat Anthony Joshua. We're also going to touch on hip-hop's First billionaire, according to Forbes, but we're going to fact check that. I think it's three hip-hop billionaires, um, Dre, Diddy, then Hove. So we're going to fact check all that and talk about everything. And um, this is episode 24 of The Break. All right, so we got to talk about the fight this past weekend. Um... Let's just say the fight was supposed to go one way, and it didn't. It was literally the biggest landslide fight ever set up for a heavyweight champion, a championship fight. Um, it was Anthony Joshua of, of the UK. Um, he fucks with OVO and all those guys. Um, he was taking on Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz, is a, well, he's not even like the number one contender for the title, so he was just filling in for the guy that Joshua was supposed to be fighting. But the man couldn't pass the drug test to save his life, so they had to find somebody to fight um, Anthony Joshua because he had to defend the title or it would have been vacant. Uh, that's the thing people don't know in boxing. You have to defend that title every so often. Like, Floyd, all those titles Floyd's got, he's going to have to defend them soon. He's unified the hell out of all of them, but he's going to have to defend them soon. So he'll be fighting soon. Anyways, Anthony Joshua um, had to put his belt on the line, all his belts on the line, against a fat guy from New York by the name of Andy Ruiz. And, um... It was one of the greatest, one of the greatest upsets in boxing history. Um, his odds were actually higher than Buster Douglas knocking Mike Tyson out in Tokyo. So that's that's what we're working with. That's astronomical. It fl- it fucked Vegas over for Vegas. Probably won't be picking no more fights for the rest of the um, summer because they got to pay out so many people. Um, it was ridiculous, man. People got rich off that fight. People lost a lot of money off that fight. So. Um, Anthony Joshua, back to the drawing board. This, to me, this is a product of escaping your fate or trying to escape fate. His fate was to fight Deontay Wilder, and Deontay Wilder was supposed to knock him out first, but he's been ducking this man. It's the same thing as Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. Floyd hasn't met his fate yet, but it's coming. He ducked Manny Pacquiao for years. Then when they finally fought on some fixed fight shit, he ended up winning. I don't think it goes like that if they fight somewhere neutral other than Vegas, somewhere like in, in, in um, Malaysia or um, or um, Thailand, somewhere like that. Or um, where, where, damn, where the fuck is um, Manny Pacquiao from? He's from over there. Um, damn, I forgot. Anyways, y'all know what I'm saying. Um... I don't think it, if it's anywhere in, in Pacific Asia, near Pacquiao's crib, Floyd doesn't win. But um, that's the type of shit Anthony Joshua's on, that Floyd Mayweather ducking fight shit and end up catching his ass. Um, Andy Ruiz came with a game plan. You can tell Joshua was not prepared. You can tell he didn't probably do any training. He was just like, I'm going to go in and knock this nigga out and get out of here. But shit didn't go as planned. He was gassed. He was out of it. He was wobbly. There was no type of like hard. He, he looks very. He looked very disinterested. And Andy Ruiz made him pay, and now he's the world, world, one of the world heavyweight champions of the world. So, um, 
Shout out to Andy Ruiz. His life will be changed forever. His family life will be changed forever. They're now rich. Um, he has to, he doesn't have to do his nine to five job anymore. He can just strictly focus on boxing and enjoy his life. And that's all it takes is opportunity. I tell people, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Preparation is how it goes. Preparation prevents piss poor performance. And that's exactly what happened with Andy Ruiz. So kudos to the man, Anthony Joshua, the Drake curse lives on. Um, y'all better stop associating with this guy just because he has status and has pull. Um, I try to tell people that everything that that's, you think is good or I try to hang around rich people, or try to hang around popular people, it'll bring you down, put you in a hole that you don't think, that you don't think exists. Um, that, that's just my take on it. So shout out to Andy Ruiz. He took advantage of his opportunity and now he's a he- world heavyweight champion of the world. All right, let's get straight into it. Um, my number ten album of the of the so far of the year through the midway point is definitely Future with the Wizard. Um, this was one of Future's best sounding albums. Um, the flow was correct. The uh, transitions were epic. It was very clean. This is the Future that I remember from back in the day. Um, he made who's still talking about some evil shit, but it, it, the music is there. Um, the bars were solid. Like I say, he's still on the sinister type shit that he's been on the last five, six years. But the beats and the production by ATL Jacob was flawless. Um, it just sounded like old future, fun future. Hopefully he gets out this slump and out, like I said, out this dark hole he's in. But that 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 album's the closest we're probably going to get to the old Pluto future that we had. So shout out to him. Hendrix was um, it. That's my number 10 album so far of 2019 through the midway point. Alright, our number nine album so far of 2019, we are going to go with Khaled, Free Spirit. Um, the guys kept saying this, I listen to Khaled every now and then, so um, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty straight album, it's, it's feel good, it's a Free Spirit album, um, you can vibe to it, you can smoke to it, pop pills, do whatever you like to do, whatever y'all like to do to his music, um... Like I say, he just he makes feel good, vibed out music. So shout out to Khaled, make a lead. Um, Free Spirit is number nine for us, and let's let's go into a little break right here and check out some dope music from both Future and Khaled. All right, so number eight, um, I kind of didn't want her in my top ten at all. Because of some shit that she said recently and how she's been moving. I don't like how she moves and um, her team moves. I really I don't like none of these industry plants, to be real. But number eight, you got to go with um, Ariana Grande and Thank You, Next. Just because Thank You, Next was a dope-ass song and um, Seven Rings was pretty solid. Um, it, it's getting to the point now, though, with music. Like, if you're not out here pushing this shit yourself or you don't really love the music game, nobody's going to, like, respect you on it, so... Ariana Grande had a rough year, but some of the things she said about how the music game is and how she got to where she got, I can't, I can't vouch for. It. But we're gonna put you at number eight. You had a great run. You did. You, you you set some records. The song was hot. The video was hot. Can't knock it. Seven Rings was hot with two chains. Can't knock it as far as the music aspect. But moving forward, Ariana, please just do better with how you treat the game and talk about it. There's too many people out here who bust their ass. It's really better than you for you to shit on the game like that. 
So, um, this is number eight. Ariana Grande, thank you, next. Uh, number seven, um, I, I got to go with Gunner. Um, he's on the list from um, from all the other guys that when we made this list up, and he averaged around five or six, but I'm going to put him at seven um, just because I see six other – I think it's six other albums that were better, but Gunner, one of the, he's one, actually one of the only young niggas who um, has dropped the album directly after having a successful run. A lot of these guys like to milk the game and just run up show money and – and by that time, they do dumb shit, and then they can't drop an album. Gunner stayed the course. He dropped his mixtapes. Came right out with an album after that. And Drip and Drown 2 is flawless. He got some great production. Um, Weezy. Um, hey, y'all, y'all. Weezy went fucking dumb. Um, Turbo, running back Turbo, y'all. Hey, Gunner, you got some shit brewing. Those are your producers. That's your sound. Drip and Drown 2 was awesome. A lot of people slept on the release when it first came out. Not me. Um, I already knew what it was going to do. He just had, it's that vibe. Like, he has that sound, that vibe, and it's just, it's laid back. Um, it's dripping the drown. I call it elegant trap music. Um, it's just for, it's for elegant niggas like me. So, if you, if you bought that elegant lifestyle and just doing right and being fly, that Gunner's definitely for you. So, uh, shout out to Gunner for dripping drown too. And, um, that's been my highlight. It's been my, um, actually my soundtrack for most of the year. So, yeah. Good shit, Gunner. Shout out to the good folks at YSL also. Number six, I got to go with Ari Lennox, um, Shea Butter Baby. Um, it's been, it's, it's, she, she has that sound. Um, it's a whole new lane. She gives you the um, Erica Badu vibes, but it's in her own way. She gives you the Jill Scott vibes, but it's in her own way. It's all, it's, it's like a new neo soul. It's refreshing. I love it. She's beautiful. She's brown skinned. She's a stallion to me. She, she's like, she, that, that's a woman. Um, shout out to DC. Y'all got one. Y'all take care of her. Y'all support her. Y'all lift her. She's going to be around for a while. So, um, Shea Butter Baby is definitely a vibe. Um, you can make love to it. You can smoke to it. Or you can cry to it. It's everything you want to do. So, if you like that type of music, that's your mode. Definitely check out Ari Lennox. Um, she's the queen of Dreamville. They taking care of her. They doing what they need to do. Put her in a position to win. She she does her own shit. She like she she's, she's she's legit. I'm very impressed, and I see her being around for a mighty long time. So um, shout out to Dreamville and Ari Lennox. Shea Butter Baby is my our number six album so far of 2019. All right, number five, the the fifth best album so far this year is going to be the Baby Baby on Baby. Um, people slept on this man for years. <laughs> And uh, just so happened, small blocks started picking up on him and realized, okay, this nigga can really rap. He got the push he needed. Was in a bad situation at Rock Nation. Left that. Um, went to Interscope. They got him a um, partnership, and it's been over with since. Um, more like I tell people, partnerships lead to better exposure. You can be the best rapper alive. Nobody will listen to you until you get that right exposure. Point case, the baby. Uh, point case, Megan Stallion. Uh, point case, um, a lot, a lot of rappers. <laughs> Pretty much, um, but that those like ba the baby, he he stayed down. He fought the good fight. He went through some bullshit. Now he's um he's he's eating off the fruit of his labor. But my advice to the baby is, just relax, man, because you feel like the way how you been moving lately, you gonna fuck up your shot before well, fuck up your chance at being a legacy artist before you even get there. Um, the fans are vibing with you. Can't be beating up fans. Can't be speeding on spitting on fans. Um, somebody provoke you, you'll whoop their ass, but. Other than that, it was a great album. 
it's definitely um he he has, he has that Nelly factor. Um, the women love him. Um, he he's dropping hits. He's dropping club hits. He's dropping summer anthems. Um, he's dropping fight songs. So I mean, he he's on that Nelly path for sure. So the baby needs to um he needs his team to tighten up. He needs to tighten up. He's a superstar. This is one time I can say Jay Z dropped the ball. Um, the other time was when he went push J Cole, but. You gotta stop treating your southern southern people like that, also, ho. But um, other than that, I'm glad the baby on baby got a good reception. You should also go check out all his old projects because they're just that, to me, it's all the same. I'm just glad this this right here is more of his mainstream album. Um, but like I said, it's it's it's, it's good music. The baby's gonna go somewhere, but it's gonna be all on him and his team. If they don't straighten up, it could be a bad summer for them. That's my advice. Keep killing the, keep killing it, keep killing your drops, keep making dope music. But um, Suge number one, number one's number one record for about a month too. I was still in the top ten, so the dude has he has what it takes. He has the image, he has the bars, he has the beats. Um, shout out to Four Time, uh, Son of Four Times. That's his comrade, his homie. They um, they're pretty good together. So um, they got they got some shit cooking up over there. Um. Up that way in North in Charlotte. So shout out to the baby and um, his team, man. And um, baby on baby is our number five album of 2019 so far. All right, number four, I have to go with Megan Thee Stallion. Um, she is on fire right now. The girl has been putting in work since college, and now it's finally paying off. Um, she got the push she needed. She signed to Carl Crawford's um, record label, um, fifteen oh one out of Houston, um, former baseball player, and got a partnership with three hundred. I mean, it's just that simple. You you sign somebody you know, y'all get a little buzz, get a push, then you partner up with the big guy. Don't let them take your freedom away. Let them have a little say so or whatever, and then you blow the fuck up. And that's exactly what Meg did. Um, it's gonna be a nice summer for her. Uh, all the hotties there that she has a, she has a fan base that's that's probably gonna be beehive annoying pretty soon. <laughs> um, but that's what happens when you got somebody like her. She's a magnet, like all the way around her personality, her looks, her body, her voice. Um, her bars may not be the best yet, but they're gonna get there. Um, her content can be repetitive, but I mean at that point in her show, she she's she's the attraction then. So. I don't have a problem with her always talking about getting her pussy ate or how she's shitting on niggas and how she's using them. Um, that's that's better than somebody like Cardi B screaming it or City Girl screaming it who absolutely don't write none of their shit and are fucking annoying. So shout out to Megan. Um, she has some people in her lane that's coming for coming behind her, so she better stay on her game. Um, I think I don't see her failing or faltering anytime soon unless it's like some hate or she makes a mistake. But other than that, um, Fever is definitely my uh, number four album of the year so far. Um, just like I said, her it's her buzz, man. You can't like I said, she's a magnet. You can't run away from that. You can't discount it. You can't hate on it. The girl is a fucking superstar. Um, like I said, she has the body of a goddess. Even my fiance called herself Mona Stallion. So that, that's how I know that Megan is doing what she needs to do. Um, my girl only worships Beyonce and Rihanna and Sierra. So Megan, you you have entered the top four. <laughs> Um, and that's, um, that's my number four album right there. Shout out to Megan Thee Stallion. Um, Houston Stand Up. Y'all got one. She's the baddest of the baddest. 
Like, they, they, I don't see nobody fucking with her at this point um, as far as female rappers in the game right now. Um, shout out to Megan and Fever. Alright, now it gets for real. Who has the top three albums of 2019 so far? Let's start with number three. You guys better not be mad, but I got to do it. Number three is the Beyonce Homecoming album. That shit was flawless. Shout out to that motherfucking band. Um, when that shit first dropped, I had to listen to that shit every other day because my fiance loves it. Like, she's Beyonce in her in her mind. She's Beyonce Hive. Like, so I finally fell in love with it. I, I love good music. I was in the band back in the day, Drumline. So um, the We Like the Party rendition was fucking flawless. Um, I have that shit on loop sometimes. Like that, that it's a, it's a, it's nice. Like I love live bands, um, real music, and um, the way Beyonce trusted and invested in the youth to sit there and bring her vision to life. That's what more artists should do. Those kids now can put that on their resume. Those kids now can go um, get better gigs. Um, those kids now have a connection with her. Those kids now have contacts that they ever need a job or they ever need um, some type of work. Or or so one of their visions to be brought to life, they have that. And that's Beyonce is a true Virgo. Like, I don't get into this astrology shit, but Beyonce is a true Virgo when I see people talk about Virgos. Um, that's what we do. We help, we put on, we lead, we repeat. And Beyonce has become the standard of that shit in the music industry. And I hate when people try to hate on her or discount her, but the girl works her ass off. She could have been left music alone. She could have been went to music, I mean, um, to fashion. She could have been went to the big screen, but she loves fucking music. And that right there, what she did at Coachella and how she put all that shit together was that's the epitome of a woman, of a queen. So um, shout out to Beyonce and her team. Um, they did an excellent job. Shout out to Netflix for letting her bring that shit to vision. And that, like, the, the album was just flawless. We need more live band concerts like that. Um, they do it in hip hop, they do it in rock. Not too many rappers can pull that type of shit off. Not too many R&B artists can pull that type of shit off. Um, even though everybody has live shows, what she did with college students at that age, y'all know how we're we have the we have the um we have the fucking focus of a damn, but we have the damn attention span of a rat. So for her to get everybody on one page and to make that vision come to life, can't do nothing but bow down and love her. Um, I love Beyonce. She's the queen of this shit. She needs to keep going. And um, Homecoming was flawless, man. So that's my number three album of the year. <laughs> a lot of people think I'm finna pick number two because I smoke weed or whatever or um, stuff like that. But nah, these guys be really rapping their ass off of me telling the truth and niggas don't like it. <laughs> uh, so we're at the top two. Um, it was a toss-up for me. I actually, had, I actually played both albums like three times last night from front to finish. But I got to go with number two. Just because of what they've been through, and um, they stayed down. They, they they've seen this game. They they are the originals. I put it like that. From my from the 2010 era to now, they were the originals. Um, they never faltered. They never sold out. You don't see them in no bullshit. They do them. I got to go with Currency and Wiz Khalifa, the 2009 project. That album was fucking flawless. Um, it definitely took me back to a great space, a great time in my life. It sounded like it. 
the um they actually they it was crazy they mixed their new sound with their old sound and made an album <laughs> that's what people don't get like a lot of these songs are from that era and then they put the new songs with that so that's how crazy the shit is um i've been a currency fan since i was a jit um my sister was always cash money when they when they made young money and it was just Wayne and currency that that was like, that, that was all that was my set we used to claim that shit in high school <laughs> um then um of course Wayne he gutted the team and got Drake and Nicki and all that other good shit yeah so but um been a currency fan since day one been a Wiz fan since high school Wiz when he had the haircut um the big ass P chain um Wiz, people what people don't know Wiz actually stayed in like Austin for a little bit. <laughs> Um, his dad was in the Air Force, so he's been he's um he's he's down to earth. Um, them, them guys they worked their ass off, and for them for them to finally sit there and bring that joint project together and drop it, um, it was it was just perfect. So shout out to Wiz and um, Currency. Two thousand nine was right on time. Um, it was flawless. The Jet it reminded me of that Jet, the Jets era, Taylor Gang era. Um, bottle poppers is definitely a standout to me. It was, like I said, it was it was it was it was it was it reminded me of that Rostrum Records era, and it was just flawless. It was a great note to um, Mac Miller and, and the whole gang, and it just sounded like Wiz. Garage starts off with Garage Talk, got the old school flow beat to it. Um, first to last is my favorite track on there. Um, like I said, it's just it's Wiz and Spittle. If you know that sound, you like that sound, that's the album. And um, it was flawless. Shout out to both of you guys. Keep smoking y'all weed. Keep putting on Jet Life to the next life. Atlantic, y'all better take fucking care of Wiz. Keep taking care of him. Y'all got, a, he, he's a legacy artist. Take care of him. Um, take care of Spittle. I feel two big projects that's going to define their careers coming soon. A lot of people like to like to talk about them and say they don't have hits or they're boring. That's bullshit. These guys are the wave. Everyday people listening to them. Everyday people listen to them. They are the vibe. So, shout out to the Jets. Shout out to Taylor Gang. Keep blazing. That's my number two album of 2019 so far. All right, we've made it to number one. And I'm just be real with y'all. Another kid from that 2010, 2011, 2012 era that has worked his ass off these last 10 years. Have you not noticed the pattern? I'm just, let me stop one second. Have y'all not noticed the pattern of people that's finally coming up? They were the ones who were the, the leaders of the class in 2010. It's a new decade. They've grown. Um, Nipsey was next. Rest his soul. It's fucked up how we lost him. You got Wiz and um, Spitter. There's rumbling that OJ Juice Man is back in the booth. Um, Wale, uh, he's still a top-tier spitter. Maybe he needs to get back in the booth and, or see if he can release his music or whatever he did and make it right. Um, but this guy here, um, him and his group, they have been trendsetters. Um, they have been standouts. They have been flawless. They've made classics. They've made bad shit. But throughout it all, he persevered, and he finally has his first number one album. My number one album of 2019 so far is Tyler Crater's Igor. Let me tell y'all something. This shit is gas. This is the Tyler Crater that everybody was waiting for, that we knew he was capable of. 
and that we knew that he would um eventually drop from Igor's theme. It sounds like it sounds like you're in a fucking video game or a movie, and he's getting ready to damn turn up and let people know what it is. Um, Earthquake, flawless. You got Pharrell, Charlie Wilson, all them guys on there. Um, Playboy Cardi verse. Um, don't know what the fuck he's saying, but it's fire. It's a vibe. Uh, running out of time is dope. Love it. Uh, New Magic One with Earl, <laughs> flawless. Fucking gas. The best song on the album. My boy is a gun. It's pretty dope. Um, the whole album, man. Are we still friends? I don't love you anymore. Gone, gone. What's good? Puppet is lovely. If you feel like you, you feel like you can't never leave a relationship, somebody's like using you. Listen to Puppet. Like it's, it's a dope ass album, man. And uh, Tyler deserved it. He's been in this game for about ten years now. And uh, like I said, if you ain't noticed, pay take heed. All the people that's been in this game the last decade, they're finally producing, and um. They they're getting their flowers and they're they're dropping classics, so keep that in mind whenever you feel like you're discouraged. Take, great things take time. You can't be like a Cardi B who has interests other than her music and come in and just take over the rap game. You you can take that route, but your your ride your fall is gonna be bigger than your rise. When she falls, it's gonna be breaking news everywhere, and it's gonna be ugly because she didn't work for none of the shit. If you think about it, it was given to her overnight. She had she has a machine. Atlanta took all the money from other people and put it all in the Cardi. So that's like don't you can be like that or you can be a Tyler, you can be a Wiz, you can be a Currency, you can be a Nipsey. Play your or Megan. Pay play your game. Drop your music when you want to drop it. Go through the process. The classic is coming, but you have to believe in yourself. You have to work hard. You have to have a team. You have to have a team. It's not just the artists. You have to have people that believe in you. And you will eventually get that number one album. So shout out to Igor. Shout out to Odd Future. Um, the guy, like I said, he's been at it for a while. Um, Frank Ocean and them. Like, them, them kids are fucking, them, them kids are fucking flawless, man. That's how you do it. They all came in together. Now they all got number one albums together. So, um, yeah, Igor is definitely my number one album. It's a summer album. It has something for everything on there. Just listen to the credits. Igor has Kanye West, Santa Gold, Solange, Playboy Cardi, Lil Uzi Vert, Pharrell, Charlie Wilson. Um, it, uh, it's, it's ridiculous, man. I can't even name it. It's, it's a J. Cole. It's a fly-ass fly album. So just keep that in mind. Um, the great things take time and Tyler's time has arrived. So that's my number one album so far of 2019. Don't be mad if your artists didn't make it on, your favorite artists didn't make it on there. Um, I know how y'all Atlanta niggas get, or y'all niggas from Florida get, New York. It's all good. Tell them to get in the booth and actually write about some shit and rap about some shit other than fucking bitches, popping zans and shooting niggas, which none of y'all really do on a daily. Um, and then also stop self snitching on your songs, y'all. Y'all niggas is dropping albums and records, telling niggas that y'all committed a murder, telling niggas that y'all did the drive-by, telling niggas you fucking they bitch, telling niggas you hitting they licks. Like, y'all niggas is dumb. That's not going to get you a Grammy. Maybe get you some respect in the hood, but we're moving into the 2020s, and as Jay-Z said, streets are done. So if you want to really be in this music industry and make an impact and uh, try to make some money, try to change your situation, think about what you're recording and make it count and make it meaningful. Anybody can go snitch on themselves in court. Don't put it on wax and snitch on yourself. That's my advice to everybody for the rest of the year.
Um, we'll see who drops some heat from months June through December. We'll be back with our top 50 like we did last year, y'all. Um, this is Keem from the break. That's been our top 10 um, countdown of 2019 through the midway point so far. Shout out to the gang. Shout out to Cobb, Ray, George, Detavian, Marcus, Mike. Um, they all We all helped to compile this list. We came up with it. And um, hope y'all love it and like it. Peace. Alright, so it is game three. The series has shifted back to Oakland. Um, it's 1-1. The Warriors are backpedaling into some trouble. The injury bug has bitten them. They've actually been beneficiaries of the injury bug lately in the playoffs the last couple of years, especially during this run, where their opponents, each opponent always had somebody out, whether it was an ankle, or ACL, or MCL, or Achilles. <laughs> Uh, broken hands, broken elbows, broken kneecaps, concussions, you name it. The Warriors have survived it. And it, it came to a point where you'd be like, damn, what's going to happen to them? And then it finally happened to them. Um, sad to say. But you kind of saw it coming, definitely. Um, Clay's, KD got hurt in round two versus the Clippers. I mean, versus the um, Rockets. Um... Kevon Looney broke his collarbone the other day versus when he went up to block a Kawhi Leonard shot. And Klay Thompson um, kind of, I guess, sprained his hamstring, you would say, or uh, had a bad split um, in game two. When he went up for a three-point, he tried to draw a foul and ended up split, um, doing a split, and he pulled his hamstring. So uh, the injury bug is definitely caught up with the Warriors. Uh, Boogie just came back from an injury. He actually played hella great minutes key minutes against Toronto. Um, they definitely don't win without Boogie in game two. And um, So what, what what can the Warriors do? What will they do? Uh, my keys to their victory tonight is um, Steph's going to have to play off the ball. Fuck, like he, they're going to have to start Quinn Cook probably. Uh, move Steph to the two. Keep Iggy Boogie Dre as your, as your own front line. And bring Clay off the bench, um, but Steph's gonna have to move off the ball. They're gonna they're they're playing a boxing one on him. Like we we talked about this, um, we've been talking about it all playoffs. But I guess the media finally paid attention to it. But the the Raptors have been playing a boxing one zone defense, a matchup man zone, a matchup zone with a boxing one tendency. Um, they did it to the Magic, they did it to the Bucks, <laughs> and uh, they did it to Philly. Um, that's that's what Nick Nurse does. He's a defensive mastermind. Like I said, he studied the pot. He studied some of the great coaches, Popovich, Steve Kerr, um, Doc Rivers. So he knows what he's doing. And um, that boxing one is some middle grade shit, but it works. If you create a wall around the best player, they can't do shit. So you have to force other people to beat you. Like I said, we saw the Pistons do this to Jordan. We saw the Celtics do it to LeBron. We saw the Spurs do it to Kobe. Saw the Spurs do it to LeBron. <laughs> Seen the Pistons do it to LeBron. It, like it's it's historical. It's a historical defense. It makes it makes your defense look great. It it makes other people accountable, um, especially when you have length. And they're what they're doing is they're trapping stuff. They're creating a box, or they're creating a two a three two zone matchup zone, and they're making stuff just dribble and a double team them every time he comes across the line. Um, with, in the last series against Greek Freak, all they did was they just made a wall in the paint 
and they they zoned him out. So every time he caught that bitch, he had to make a move or either let it go because the triple team and double team was zoning him. So um, Steph's going to have to play off the ball tonight and just play the two-guard, catch and shoot, the dribbling shit. As you saw, it almost cost him game three. I mean, game two, he almost threw that bitch away. Uh, was it for Iggy hitting that clutch shot? It was definitely going to be another Raptors win, probably. So, um, Steph's going to have to step up. He wants this finals MVP. It's time to earn it. Um, like I said, this is going to have to be his game tonight. There's no KD. Clay's questionable. This, this is this is state. This is Clef's moment. So if Steph wants that final MVP, he's going to have to be the man. And that being the man is realizing, hey, I can't bring the ball up the court. Let me move off the ball and run. Like, you already do that anyways. So just get into the offense quicker. Instead of bringing the ball, if you're taking five seconds off the clock, they're trapping your ass. Like, the Warriors are getting some last-second shots in the shot clock also. People haven't noticed that. And it's because of Steph's bringing the ball up the court. Like, you're originally, you're really a two-guard. It's time to play the two-guard. This is what Mark Jackson was trying to instill in him before he left. Steve Kerr came in and made him a straight-up shooter. Um, he moves excellent off the ball, but he's also the catalyst for the offense. So he's going to have to pick one. Either I'm going to be moving off the ball the whole game, I'm going to continue to be the catalyst, bring the ball up, get trapped, run off a thousand screens, then you're wasting energy, man. Just go down the fucking court, let Quinn Quick bring the ball up, run the play that y'all always run, which is a bunch of fucking backdoor screens, slashes, curls and shit and just do that quicker you're saving five seconds on the shot clock you're not wasting as much energy that way you can't make dumb plays in the fourth quarter like you did by getting the technical and then almost throwing the ball away so all eyes on you tonight Steph Curry we're in your t everybody's in your town um the board man is back um back on back in back in the back and back in the um, Cali so um let's get into what the Raptors need to do um the board man board man bucket bucket Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> uh, he just need to keep doing what he's doing. Kawhi, he has no flaws. He's a fucking robot. Um, the only thing that I see that can be done better is the bench. Um, the bench, def I knew they were going to cool off eventually. It's hard for a bench to play six straight games on fire. They did play five games on fire. But um, they're going to be the key, of course. If that bench gets going, there's no hope for the Rap Warriors. Um, the Raptors. The Raptors have probably the second best bench in the league behind the Bucks, and we saw that um, their bench is the one who eliminated the Bucks. Um, the other they call them the other guys. The other guys are gonna have to get going, especially if um, Boardman is out there going crazy. And by the way, if you don't get the joke, Boardman is Kawhi's Leonard nickname. Um, they just released an article of things he said or did in college, and he was a man of few words. He just played defense, got boards, and got buckets. So if you hear people saying bucket, bucket, or board man, board man, or board man gets paid, they're talking about Kawhi. Um, respect him. Respect the claw. He's probably going to be the finals MVP if they win. So um, just keep doing what you're doing, Kawhi. Flawless. Flawless first two games. Um, well, actually, for game one, he just he, he pipped and pipped his way to 20 points, 24 points, whatever it was. Um, last game, almost went for 40, so. The robot is doing fine. Um, I need Pagasol, Siakam. Um, Fred Van Fleet, he's been okay, but they got to do better and if they want to steal this series and get home court advantage back because they definitely lost home court in game two. So they want to steal it back. Tonight is going to be about the bench and then going ham. And also, withstanding the third quarter Warriors, 
Um, the third quarter Warriors have become a thing now. They've been doing this to teams for years. Um, it also includes the fourth quarter Iggy. Um, Iggy's going to be there at the end. We, he, he's always there at the end. He's always going to make a big shot or be in position to make a big shot or make some type of key defensive play. It's timeless. So if the Raptors can beat the third quarter Warriors and contain fourth quarter Iggy, they have a shot. Um, Draymond has found, he figured it out. Draymond has been fucking balling this series so far. He, him and Clay are my MVP so far. Um, Steph is getting his numbers, but we're seeing how he's getting them. Steph's going to the free throw line like James Harden. Um, he's having blackout quarters where he don't scare, score, so can't give him that. But if the if the Raptors can figure out how to stop the third quarter Warriors and some way to slow down Iggy and Dre and um, Boogie in the fourth, they have a shot. They're doing a hell of a job on Steph, even though he's still getting his 30. We'll see how game three goes tonight. All right, let's get into this last segment, man, and wrap it up. I got some good breakfast waiting for me. Um, we're going to talk about um, the hip-hop billionaire status, the hip-hop billionaire boys club, who's in it, who's not. Um, when I first saw the article, oh, I was very happy. I was excited. But then my brain my brain thinks different from everybody. Anytime I see something, I always got to fact check it. I got to check it out. I got to see if it's real. That's just been me because people lie. Um, corporations lie. Everybody, er, a lot of people lie, and I'm always gonna check it. Even when I, I might tell a fib, I'll be like, "Man, it's a lie." Go back and correct myself. Why lie? Um, but I don't think it was a lie. I just think it's misinformation. I think they're trying to prove a point. Jay Z's not the first hip hop billionaire. Dr. Dre and P Diddy are actually the first two hip hop billionaires. Um, Jay Z's the third. So let's just get that out there. They can try to misconstrue it, put it up however they want. I know it's a power play. Um, I get it. But when you're not a likable person, you can't lie like that. And I, I don't I don't stand for the stuff like that. I love Jay-Z, but he's not likable. Um, Dr. Dre's not likable. Diddy's not likable. So let's if you're going to tell it, tell it the way it should be. And... Um, the right thing to say is Jay Z's the third hip hop billionaire, and I'm gonna tell you why. Dr. Dre has stake in Interscope, Aftermath, Geffen Records, Universal, all that bullshit. He was one of the first niggas to get a deal like that. Then came Birdman, then came Ashby, and all of them. Then came Jay Z, then came Diddy. So that's how I know he at least got a good 200, 300 mil off that. And before, let me say this before I even start. We don't know what these people got. This shit could be fabricated. But I'm going by off the what's reported. Um, then he, he had the Dre Beats deal. He went away after he got that big deal with um, Interscope and all of them. Came an executive. Got Aftermath record label. Signed Eminem, who's worth 100 mil. 50 Cent, who we don't know what he's worth because he lies a lot also. Um, the game, he's pretty straight as far as his catalog and music. Um... Let's get into D12. Eminem has his own record label. <laughs> so, like, Dre's eating off music, really eating off music. All right, second, he has Dre Beats. Dre Beats probably did 100 mil by itself. Then he sells his stake and his stock of Dre Beats to Apple, who bought it for 800 million. So, if I'm not mistaken, that's over a billion before taxes. Um, not even going to talk about all the other shit he's invested in. Had a stupid-ass payday for um, straight out of Compton. That shit did like 121, I think, 121 million or some shit like that. 
Like, come on now. All this was reported in two, it was reported Dr. Dre's the first hip hop billionaire in 2014. I remember making a post about it. In 2015, I remember making a post about it. All right. Let's go to Diddy. Diddy has Ciroc. He's been the face of Ciroc for a very long time. After that, he finally flipped it and bought into it and became the owner and all this shit. How is that not worth a billion dollars? Um, he may have not made as much money off Bad Boy and Sean John and all the other shit, but I'm pretty sure he at least touched 100, maybe 200 million off that. Uh, so yeah, do the math on that. Uh, Ciroc is number one lock in the world. Number one. So yeah, he's definitely a billion. Uh, third, my third billionaire, hip hop billionaire, is Jay Z, and it, it adds. It, this shit adds up, man. Jay Z was worth what? He's worth eight hundred million two years ago. He might have been worth a billion maybe four years ago, but he or he but he invented the title. Title has taken loss after loss after loss after loss because people don't like the format and they don't like how he went about it. Um. Has Jay-Z done some things? Has Diddy done some things? Have Dre done some things? Yes, they have. But it's not going to take away the fact that they are billionaires is what I'm trying to get to the point. And we can't discredit one man because y'all don't like him, but hype up the other man because y'all like him and forget about the other man because he's done flaws. Like, they all have flaws. So if we're going to tell this story right, let's tell it right. We have three hip-hop billionaires. That's Jay-Z, Diddy, and Dr. Dre. We all know how Jay-Z got his. He has numerous investments, whether it's from Champagne, um, Ace of Spades to Duce, um, Brown Liquor to um, Rock Nation Sports Management to his many homes that he flips and sells to, um, to his um, track list, to his catalog. Um, it's just he, he's a businessman, and he, he has shit in Uber. <laughs> like, it, like it's, it's ridiculous. His portfolio is stupid. So, um. Let's just, I, I don't like when we discredit or look over other people who've done it first. So let's uh, to me the story will always be we have three hip hop billionaires, not just one. And um, that's my take on that. Alright, so this has been the break, episode twenty four. Um, hope y'all enjoyed. We gave y'all top ten albums of twenty nineteen so far. Uh, we talked about Game Three. We talked about Ruiz and Joshua. Um, we checked out the the hip hop billionaires that we have in this industry, and um, that's that, man. And I hope y'all enjoy y'all Wednesday. Um, it's over the hump day. Go turn up and have some fun, and um, let's get it. This is the break hip hop. <laughs>